Hello friends and welcome to the show. As the boss, you know that part of your success in your career is to be good at networking, getting your promotion out there, I guess, letting people see who you are and what you bring. One of the best tools you can use is the social media app, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of those things, if you do it right, you're gonna be awesome. Do it wrong, you're gonna look like a moron in front of the entire world. Our guest today is Kelly Leonard. Kelly's gonna tell us how to do it right using her Boost methodology. This is a great episode, very practical, practical, lots of actionable steps. So make sure you take some good notes on this one. It's that time, so let's get it on. Sally, take it away. Welcome to the Boss Builder Podcast. Kelly Leonard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mac. I'm excited. I am too. I got to know you and your husband years ago when I was living in Maryland, and you're still there right now. And at the time, you and him were doing a lot of different things. And it looks like you've kind of settled into sort of a new phase of business right now. And I want to hear about that. Uh, Our topic today is how to boost your brand on LinkedIn. And I see boost is all capitalized, which tells me there's some sort of acrostic coming and I think it's going to be really beneficial. So before we jump into those questions, Kelly, tell us what you're doing now, and then tell us how LinkedIn factors into that. Absolutely. So, so Mac, it's funny, you know, as entrepreneurs and serial entrepreneurs, we find ourselves wearing multiple hats. And so my more recent hat is that I'm the director of training for a um, training and consultancy called Cook Ross, so headquartered in Silver Spring. And we do a lot of work in the diversity, inclusion, equity, and and accessibility space. And so um, that's where I find myself spending most of my time. But I still, in the background, have quite a few training and coaching clients that we support all around this whole notion of boost. So really helping our clients to understand how to use LinkedIn for business success. Okay, so now we've got social media all over and you have young adult children, as do I. And so they have their tools. Recently, I saw there was a little thing going around. Maybe you saw it. I think Dolly Parton started it where she had four different photos of herself for four different platforms. There's Tinder and LinkedIn and whatever, whatever. So um, why, why are we focused on LinkedIn when we could use so many other platforms for social media? You know, that's a great question. And there is so much out there. But the reason why LinkedIn becomes super critically important for the business community is because it really has um, the platform itself has positioned itself as being the go to social media platform for business and relationship development. Um, you know, when you look at the Instagrams and Facebook and Tinder, they they are primarily social, and, and I'm throwing up air quotes, social media platforms, but they're really not the places where a lot of business is done, primarily because we're bringing our social face in that space. And so even as you were sharing, reflecting on the four quadrants and the pictures that people were posting up, as you reflect on, I got a word picture in my mind as you were mentioning that and just the pictures that people, the personas that people have in those other spaces. And clearly LinkedIn is that space where if you come presenting yourself any other way than 
in a business manner, people will unfortunately reject you. Well, and you know, something else I've noticed too, my wife has mentioned that. I mean, she came home freaked out one day and said, there's some guy who's messaging her and asking if she's single. On and LinkedIn? No, I don't, on LinkedIn. I don't know if you've heard that from any of your clients, but oh, yeah. so I guess what happens maybe it's just a man thing that they sort of get their wires crossed on what LinkedIn is for. Yeah, well, and it's not just a man thing. I think it's, you know, people enter our spaces in all different levels of maturity and or education. And so it's a, a lack of education and people are showing up. They're bringing, you know, their their Facebook face into a LinkedIn space. And and so one of the things that we typically as we're coaching people along and how to best optimize their use of a tool like LinkedIn is really Think of LinkedIn as the boardroom and everything else as the barbecue. So there's certain things that you would do and say at a barbecue that you would never do or say in a boardroom. And, and likewise, on the other side, if you show up to the family reunion, to the barbecue every year, and all you want to do is talk about business, you're going to be shortlisted on the cousin not to invite to the barbecue any longer because people get tired of hearing about business, business, business in those purely social settings. So it's really, that's the best way for me to help people. You know, let's keep it simple. LinkedIn, boardroom, everything else, barbecue. Now, that's a great analogy. I had never thought of that before. Um, and usually what we find, at least I've seen, is that when somebody posts something like, you know, can can we get a thousand likes for this veteran? Is that a lot of people dogpile on them and say, "Look, this belongs on Facebook." Yeah, um, is that what you're kind of seeing too? It's almost like we're protecting our LinkedIn from people that want to bring the barbecue to work. Yeah, it's so true. And and even in those spaces, though, like I, while I of course my my I cringe when I see things that are more social media posts. I cringe when I see those on LinkedIn. However, I tend to not respond directly to the post. Like I might ping the person personal or privately and just say, hey, you may want to rethink where your post, where you share this in the future. Because when I pile on or dog pile, as you mentioned, it makes me look a particular way as well. Because again, we just have to be mindful in how we're presenting ourselves to other people. So it'd be like, again, if we think of it as the boardroom, if we're sitting in a meeting and everyone disagrees with someone and we're just piling on in that disagreement, how does that really make the recipient feel? Are we shaming them publicly? Or should we, again, pull them aside and just say, hey, that pro- you probably shouldn't have said that in that meeting. So again, I think we have to um, start applying what we know to be truthful in our leadership and our interacting um, in face-to-face environments with people, applying that in virtual communities. I think too, one thing, uh, this was years ago when I was living in Maryland, I had my Twitter where it would automatically feed to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I was at BWI get on a plane and there was this guy and he was having a meltdown because they made him take his belt off. Mm-hmm. And and you never know when you go through TSA. Someday you take your shoes off, whatever, whatever. But I just I was in one of those moods where I was frustrated. I think it's when I was dreaming about moving to Tennessee. <laughs> and so and I, I made some sort of comment on Twitter. Well, it showed up on LinkedIn, and a colleague who I was trying to win some business with made a comment. And I thought, okay, I probably lost business because of that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, word of warning. I don't know. You have to you know just pay attention if you're using a, a thing like Hootsuite or whatever the, those yeah. are. Yeah, it, you may just find your rant posted on LinkedIn and, and that's probably not going to be good. So, Absolutely. 
So I'm curious about this boost methodology. So Kelly, tell us about this thing. So I'm big on acronyms. It's the best way for me to remember things or recall things oftentimes. And so years ago, we had created and trademarked this methodology as a way to support our clients in really simply being able to use LinkedIn most effectively. So um, BOOST is an acronym where we are essentially helping our clients to to use LinkedIn as a mechanism to build their brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and then tap into new markets. So B-O-O-S-T. That's great. And I'm writing those down. So what does the B stand for again? Build your brand. Build your brand. Okay. Yeah. And then optimize relationships. Okay. Obtain more leads. Secure thought leadership space. And then tap into new markets. And Max, keep in mind, so, and, and we're, and I'm always like, and don't get it out of order because, (laughs) (laughs) because what I find happens oftentimes is people will, they'll be on LinkedIn and they're immediately going into this, oh my gosh, I've got this thing, or I've, I've got this service or this product. And they're reaching out to people and just, they're moving, they're skipping over the BOOS and going straight into T where they're trying to tap into new markets. They're doing business development or marketing or sales directly, as opposed to, you know, okay, let's, let's slow down. Let's pause. Let's take some time to build our brand because And if we don't invest that time early on in really securing a really strong brand inside of LinkedIn, when we move immediately and pivot to that tapping into new markets and new markets is loosely defined, it could be that you're a business that's trying to secure new opportunities. It could be that you're looking for a new, your new or next job. But if you skip all those other facets of boost and go straight into leaping into a sales mode or business development mode, you really lose the opportunity and people are going to form their first impression based on the fact that, okay, let's take a look at this person's profile and let me get to know the person first. Let me understand what their brand is and how that might impact the work that I do or the work that my clients do. Well, you know, sometimes, and I guess your experience probably is this way too, and probably most of the listeners, somebody connects with you and you don't really know them, but you see they're connected to a few people, you know, so you go ahead and let them in. And then maybe 24 hours later or less, you get a a message saying, you know, I see you're a professional and blah, blah, blah. And we have this service. Is that what we mean by the trying to tap the new markets too early in the process? Exactly. Exactly. Because again, after you build your brand, once now when we're moving into this optimize um, relationships, it's really about getting to know the person. So it's not leaping into this is how I can help you. It's really, okay, understanding, you know, listening to and building relationship with that network. So now you become, you're positioning yourself to be more meaningful Um, So it's no different than, again, pulling yourself, think about what you would do offline, meaning if I'm at a networking event, I'm not going to immediately just hand my person, an individual, a card and then sort of of leap into, okay, and then I've got this thing that I want to sell you, or I shouldn't be doing that. I mean, a lot of people do that, which is a whole different lesson, (laughs) but you're going to take time to get to know the person, to build and optimize the relationship and really understand that person, understand the work that they do, understand the um, the need that they fill, and then trying to work together to collaboratively understand how you might be able to serve one another. Well, that sounds like a much better way. I mean, I'm at the point now 
where if I see somebody that wants to connect that says brand awareness, marketing strategy, I'm like, nah, because I know exactly what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. And that's sad because maybe they do have something that I want, but those people do actually exist at networking meetings too, Kelly. You know, yeah. hey, my name is Bob. Look, here's my card. And, you know, you get knocked into the corner and immediately you're being sold. I guess the same rule applies on LinkedIn. We just, you, I love this methodology here. Yeah. I mean, it really, even, really makes sense. Oh, absolutely. But even to your point around, I've gotten to the point now where I won't even accept a person's invitation to connect unless they've taken time to personalize the message. So send me a personal note, like, hi, Kelly, and give me the context by which you're, you want to connect with me. Um, because if I just get a generic request to connect, unless, of course, I know that person already, or maybe I literally just met them and, you know, the, the fact that they're sort of saying, okay, I don't have time to send a personal note or, hey, we literally just met. And so I'll be able to make the connection between who that person is and why they might want to reach out to me. I no longer, I quickly just ignore those requests to connect that are just generic because again, it sends me a signal that number one, you're not investing the time to really quickly just send a personal note. And number two, I just don't understand the context by which you're trying to connect with me. But even before I accept the personal notes, I'll send them a note back to say, Hey, let's hop on a quick five, 10 minute phone call so that we can, just dig deeper and I can understand the context by which you're looking to connect with me because my val my network means a lot to me. I want to be in a position where I understand who my network is, how I might be able to help them, how they might be able to help me. And interestingly, you know, if a person doesn't respond to that request to hop on a quick five to 10 minute phone call, I ignore those requests to connect as well, because my goal is not to just sort of um, you know, stand on the top of the mountain in victory to say, hey, I've got 5,000 connections. It's really for me to, I would rather have 100 very meaningful connections than to have 5,000 sort of, I don't know who these people are, blind connections. Well, I think there was a time when that was sort of a badge of honor, right? Yeah. That people would put lion in their heading, right? Yeah. LinkedIn open networker. And then you'd say, you know, I've got thousands of connections, but you're saying that, you know, what is it? We go uh, an inch wide and a mile deep, I guess, is yeah. how you look at yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You start wondering, is it lying with an O or lying with a, a Y? So, <laughs> which is it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but I think what it does is, number one, it's, at least in my experience, LinkedIn is not very intuitive when it comes to how do I make that click button into something very personal. I had to show my kids how to do it because now that they're both, well, one's graduated, the other one's getting ready to graduate next year from college, but now they're using LinkedIn. And I said, look guys, you can't just be clicking that button. Yeah. You've got to sort of search for it. And then, you know, you've got to do it because ultimately if you've got a connection, we want to make the assumption, these people, you actually know them. And if somebody needed a referral, you could say, look, I've got this person I know. And uh, there's nothing more embarrassing than when you get somebody that says, hey, I see you're connected to Kelly Leonard. And I say, yeah, but, you know, I'm not going to call her and ask if she's got an opportunity because I talk to Kelly once every three years. Right, right. So you, it seems like you, this is like something you've really got to dig into. 
Oh, absolutely. But, and then that's the thing though, is if, if you invest the time on the front end, even though like, even with you and I, I mean, we haven't talked in years, but if someone were to reach out to me to say, Hey, I see you're connected to Mac because we invested the time earlier on, I would feel comfortable saying, Hey, yeah, I know Mac. And I would be able to share at least a little bit of information about you as opposed to that sickening feeling that you have in your stomach when someone reaches out and they're like, Hey, how do you know so-and-so? And you're like, Oh, I don't really know them. I just, you know, I'm just connected to them on LinkedIn. And so and collecting friends on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But, and so that's the thing though. There's, I think LinkedIn is, um, when we think of even the nomenclature on LinkedIn, we talk about connections. We're not friends, we're connections. And so, you know, these are people who, you know, you have some level of interaction with. No, they may not be spending weekends or you're going to kids' bar mitzvahs or parties or graduations or things like that. But there's a reason why we call them connections and not friends. But I think people mistake the word connections, that nomenclature for friends. And so because of that, different people take a different approach to how they will let people into their space on LinkedIn. I guess it's really going to be up to the listener who is saying, okay, after this interview with Kelly, okay, I'm really going to get my LinkedIn house in order and I'm going to be somebody that is going to just do it differently. I'm going to look at these as connections. It's not a game of numbers anymore. So I think for a lot of listeners, they're going to have to rethink it. You know, I'm going to have to do it myself and pass this on to my kids. But I think what you've told me then is that this is a tool and used correctly can be beneficial. Used incorrectly shows just how amateur you really are. And that's not what we're looking for. Absolutely. So you've gone around, we've talked around this term brand. So how are LinkedIn users, how should they go about building a brand and what's that look like on LinkedIn? And so the, the easiest way, the quickest way for profile users to build an effective brand is to really just look at their their profile, their page. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're making use of the real estate across the top. So the banner on your LinkedIn profile, you know, use that space to capture someone's attention. We're, we're visual creatures. And so because of that, it's using that space across the banner to connect or to anchor the profile viewer to the work that you do. So like if you were to look at my profile, for example, you're going to see an imagery that's going to help you to understand who it is that I do or what industry that I'm in. And so that without reading anything about me, you're quickly being anchored visually into the work that I'm doing. Because as you think about it, we're all super busy. We have the attention span of a flea. And so because of that, if you leave too much to chance, you're assuming that a person's going to invest the time to read your profile. And quite frankly, they're not, unless, of course, perhaps they heard of your name or something like that in some sort of space. And so they're curious. But most people are just going to do a quick scan. So using that banner, using the space under your name, your headline to really describe and to anchor the reader around, you know, who you are, what value can you provide from the relationship, but also making sure that you're using those keywords. You know, what are those words that your ideal peer prospect or buyer might be using in order to identify you in a search? Because a lot of folks nowadays are using LinkedIn much like they would a Google search engine where they don't know who they're looking for, but they do know what they're looking for. And so they're searching using keywords. And so you want to make sure 
that your profile is written in such a way where when someone does a search for a particular keyword that you're coming up in that search. And so anchoring those keywords in your profile headline is really going to be useful. But again, beyond that, also having sort of answering or providing that escalator pitch. So what value? Why would I want to connect with you? What problem are you solving? And by including that in your headline, it's going to help anchor that me answering that question really easily. If I connect with you, Mac, how are you going to help me? And so really having that in your headline becomes super important as well. Well, I'm looking at your profile now while we're talking. So for the listeners um, and don't expect when you just click connect, you're going to get a connection here. you got to do a little work. <laughs> but there's a picture of Kelly. And then behind on the banner there, it looks like we've got the Eiffel Tower. There's the Coliseum. There's that big statue of Jesus over in uh, Rio. Um, I think that's the Taj Mahal. Then you have the Tower of London, the Sydney Opera House, the Leaning Tower, Pyramids, and then the Statue of Liberty. And there's planes. So that's your banner, which is very creative. So what does that tell us about you, Kelly? So so it's the picture. So the first impression is a couple of things. Someone might think, oh, okay, maybe she's a travel agent. I don't know. Maybe she likes traveling. But then you'll notice that I also have the words catalyst, compass, and connector in the top portion of that banner. And so again, it leaves to interpretation for a lot of people. Okay, well, what does that mean? I'm really not sure. I mean, you can anchor those words in your own in your own way, to, but it's at least intriguing enough for a person to say, hmm, that's interesting. Let me read more. And then as they look at my headline, they're going to see consultant, speaker, trainer, leveraging creative DNI solutions to transform individuals, organizations, and the world. And so once you read that value statement, the picture even makes sense because it's like, oh, okay, we're talking about global, you know, sort of global impact. We're talking about transformation and we're talking about DNI. Now, a lot of people may say, oh, well, they land on that and they're like, well, I don't even understand what's DNI. Well, you know what? The people that I'm looking to connect with, they know what DNI is. And they also know that, and I also know that they're searching in LinkedIn for specifically using the word, the letters D and I. And so again, keep in mind that your profile is not to be all things to all people. Your profiles really should be established and set up in such a way where your ideal peer, partner, or prospect would find you and know right off the bat why it is that they should want to connect with you. Well, that's news for me. That's great because now I clicked over to mine and there's this bald guy looking at me <laughs> and, and there's the skyline of Nashville with only one crane, which is sort of ironic since... There's at least 30 cranes at any given time. But all my, my little profile says is the boss at Boss Builders. So right away, I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably going to scare people away because they don't like the word boss. Right. I mean, even though that's what we do. So, wow, that's valuable for me. We might just end this podcast here and I'm going to get busy. <laughs> but actually, no, I, I don't want to do that. But I think I, I think that's very important. I, I learned something here that that brand is from that first opening statement. So thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. Absolutely. But these are all things, Mac, as you think about it. So LinkedIn, again, they're trying to help people by automatically populating that space. So taking your title and your organization and auto-populating that space. So they're trying to help at least um, allow us to um, complete our profile. But in that process, we have a way to... Um, personalize those spaces so that it best articulates our value, 
who we are and the ways that we serve the business community that we're working with. Well, now we're, we're approaching this from a business trying to get clients. Let's look at it from an angle where maybe, in fact, if you're listening to this and you're an HR professional, we're not going to tell anybody you're looking for another job. But some people, I guess many people use this to find their next opportunity. And it looks like there's about 6 million U.S.-based jobs that are posted on LinkedIn. So how do we find those? How do we use LinkedIn to get those? So a number of different ways. So again, one way is LinkedIn has a very robust jobs feature. And so it's going out on the job feature and being very um, intentional about searching for the types of opportunities that you're looking for. But again, that kind of falls under that tap into new market. So it's first building the brand. It's optimizing relationships because again, you and I both know the best way to find your next job is through word of mouth. It's talking to someone who has a relationship, maybe they're already inside of that organization or they know someone who's inside of that organization because so much of the way that jobs are filled nowadays is is not what you know, it's who you know. And so it's building your brand. It's figuring out, okay, if it's, let's say it's you want to work at General Electric, it's going out on General Electric's page, their LinkedIn page, and looking to see, well, what jobs are open and or using the jobs feature to see specifically, okay, GE is the organization that I want to work for. These are the keywords. Let's say it's supply chain. So plugging in the word supply chain and looking for those opportunities that are inside of that organization and then leveraging your network to say, hey, Mac, I see that you used to work at GE, or hey, I see that you're, um, you currently work at GE. I would love to just have a quick conversation with you to just share my background and skill set to learn more about your experiences inside of GE so that I can see how I might be of service to the organization. Because in tapping into your, your relationships or optimizing your relationships to get that Um, that insider information, you might find that, hey, there's a reason why there's so many open jobs at GE. And and that's a bad example because I I don't want to say, oh, there's lots of open jobs at GE, but there may be a reason why an organization has tons of open opportunities. Maybe it's a toxic environment. And so by talking to folks who either know of or are personally in an organization or they're familiar with an organization, it allows us to gather that intelligence so that we can make the best decision. Because for as much as an organization is interviewing you, you should also be interviewing that organization to make sure that it's a proper fit for you. So it's really maximizing the platform to get that insider intel so that you can make wise decisions professionally. Well, that's good. And, and you can hear the train going by my I can. studio right now. Yeah, it's, I think they know exactly when I'm on a podcast and time there. It could be midnight. They send a train through here. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I mean, that's really helpful. Uh, we do uh, some work with veteran organizations. We've done some work with hiring our heroes. And this is one thing that a lot of these transitioning, and in this case, they're soldiers, unfortunately, not sailors, but they're really thinking, wow, I, I'm going to be trying to find a job. And then that's where they slip to desperation mode on LinkedIn, just kind of shotgunning connections left and right. But it sounds like we've got to be very intentional for this thing to actually be effective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would encourage people to, because one of the things, if I had to say one of the big mistakes that people will make 
in um, sort of showcasing the fact that they are in a job search is they might indicate in their headline, seeking my next opportunity. And unfortunately, by advertising in that way, um, it really... um, I'm trying to say this in a really delicate way. Well, okay, here's the thing. Let's say you and I are connecting for the first time and I don't really know you, but you send me a request to connect and I see immediately in your headline seeking my next opportunity. The first thing I'm thinking is, oh, the only reason why you're trying to connect with me is because you need my help in finding a job. And quite frankly, you know, in the grand scheme of things, in my heart of all hearts, I would love to help you, but I'm busy because everybody's busy, right? (laughs) And so when you approach me, when I see that being the first thing that you're leading with, it shows me that you're potentially a project for me. And I don't have time for projects as opposed to if you led with consultant, speaker, trainer, leveraging creative DNI strategies to transform organizations. I don't really know that you're looking for a job. All I know is, wow, this is this person's value set. This is how they serve the business community. This is the value that the business community can expect to extract from this individual. Now, when I reach out to you and I have that five to 10 minute phone conversation and I'm saying, hey, Mac, you know, I know we're just connecting on LinkedIn for the first time. My goal is to know who's in my network. Why don't you share with me a little bit about your background? Um, you know, and just sort of the work that you do. And so I, I give you the time and space to share information about yourself. Well, at the end of those couple of minutes, I'm always going to say, well, hey, Mac, is there one or two ways that I can help you today? And of course, your response is going to be one of two things. Either it's I'm going to catch you off guard and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that's so kind of you to ask me that. Or, hey, no, yeah, this is how you can help me. I'm looking to support more HR professionals. And so in the back of my mind, I'm doing a mental scan of my LinkedIn network, my Rolodex, and I'm trying to think of who can I connect Mac with? Who can I connect Mac with? And so in that conversation, I may say to you, well, hey, Mac, you should reach out to my thing, Mary, because she does this particular thing. And now I'm immediately building value for you. Now, when we pivot to my opportunity my turn to share my background, I'm going to start sharing, okay, this is the work that I do and blah, 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 blah. At the end of my short sort of dissertation around my background, chances are if you're half a decent human being, Mac, the thing that you're going to ask me is, well, hey, Kelly, how can I help you? Well, Mac, I'm so glad you asked. I'm in a career transition and I'm just looking to connect with more folks in the diversity inclusion space. Like, would you happen to know any um, chief diversity officers or any hiring managers? And so can you see how I can still very um, eloquently pivot to what my need is as opposed to leading with my need? And it just feels a lot differently when you take that approach as opposed to, hey, I'm in your face with, hey, I'm seeking my next opportunity, but I'm building value. I'm trying to support my network. And at the end of it all, I'm also trying to get my need met. Well, I mean, I think what you told us is just what good networking practices are aside from LinkedIn. I mean, this is what we would do at a networking face-to-face I don't know if they do them anymore. What do they do? Like the speed networking, yes. which maybe that's where we get the negativity in networking. We got 30 seconds to make a pitch, but you're, you're almost talking about a nurtured relationship in a LinkedIn conversation. Absolutely. I think it's powerful. 
Yes. Yeah. Because we're all, we, we, we throw technology into the mix and all of a sudden we think that the, the rules of engagement change and they don't, you know, as proven by the fact that we live in a time and space right now where we're more connected through technology than ever before, but you've got so many people that are experiencing loneliness. And it's, how is that? It's because we've sort of dumbed down what we know to be true around nurturing and building quality relationships and we're throwing technology and we're at it and we're thinking that the rules of engagement change and they shouldn't be changing. We should be leveraging the technology to compress the time that it takes for us to get to know, like, and trust one another by being able to take your, go to your LinkedIn profile, because let's, let's put it in, in a net, traditional networking space. If I'm meeting you for the first time and you're handing me your business card, the only way for me to really understand you at a deeper, deeper level is to ask you a thousand questions. So in that asking a thousand questions, I'm getting to know you better. But now I can just simply go to your LinkedIn profile and I can look and I can see, okay, where did Mac work previously? Where did he go to school? Who do we share in common? And so now the next time we actually have a conversation, I can build upon what I've already learned and have a more meaningful conversation with you. So again, compressing the time that it takes for us to get to know like, and trust one another, but we cannot just throw the technology at it and think that it changes the way in which, you know, perhaps the baby boomers and the Gen Xers were raised and how to build thoughtful, meaningful, nurtured relationships. Well, you've, you've given us a lot of good information. You've revealed a lot of bad stuff that people do what are a few other big mistakes that people make that just scream, hey, I'm an amateur? <laughs> okay, so I would say one of the first ones is not having a profile picture on your profile. So it's having that the silhouette, the gray silhouette. And thinking that's okay, because you're thinking, you know what, Kelly, you don't get it. I'm old, I'm black, I'm bald, I'm overweight. Well, you know what, guess what? When I meet you in person, I'm going to figure out that you're old, you're black, you're bald, you're overweight. And so why not skip to the chase and show me who you are? Just like you would never, again, let's put it in a face-to-face setting, you would never show up to an interview or to an event in a ski mask. And you masking your identity on LinkedIn is the equivalent of showing up to a meeting or to a networking event in a ski mask. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. So yeah, so that's a big mistake. Another big mistake is one that we alluded to previously. It's just blindly just, you know, taking a shotgun approach to sending out these requests to connect and not personalizing that message. I mean, it'd be the social equivalent of you showing up to a networking event and just just showering people, just throwing your business cards out there, like making it rain. Like I'm doing the making it rain (laughs) where you're just like, you know, you're shotgunning out your business cards and not saying hello or introducing yourself more formally to people. It's that, again, it's that same social equivalent. It's what you alluded to before. No sooner you connect with me, you're saying you're trying to pitch me on whatever your thing is, why you, you know, have the latest and greatest gr- gadget or service that's going to help solve the ills of the world. It's like, no, slow down, get to know me a little better so that we can find mutually beneficial ways to serve and support one another. So those are sort of my top t- top 10 pet peeves, um, if, if you will, around what I see people doing on LinkedIn. Oh, another one might be that, you know, you're posting content on LinkedIn where it's like you're sharing with me what you had for breakfast. Again, 
unless you're having breakfast with Jeff Bezos, I don't need to see that you're having breakfast on LinkedIn. I'm assuming you look like a healthy, well-rounded, no pun intended, individual. I know you eat breakfast. I don't need to see what it is on LinkedIn. Again, unless you're having it at a conference or convention and there's some business case as to why you feel it's important to share that with us. Well, one more thing too, and I'm going back to the picture. So we don't want the grayed out silhouette. What would your recommendations be for somebody's photo on their LinkedIn profile? So I would recommend that it is a headshot. It doesn't have to be a professional picture. Like you don't have to go out. It doesn't need to be a glamour shot, but it should be recognizable. It should be your, literally your headshot. It shouldn't be you standing on a mountaintop pointing to something and I can't see, you know, who exactly you are. It shouldn't be you holding your dog, unless of course you're a veterinarian. Um, It should just be you. It shouldn't be you and your spouse is cropped out because, oh my gosh, this picture of me is just amazing, but I've got a hand cropped out on my shoulder. Unless of course, that's the way you're going to present yourself publicly. And oh my gosh, I recognize that hand on your shoulder. We're connected on LinkedIn, aren't we? And so it's really a professional shot, preferably of you smiling because again, people, the quickest way for us to be able to get to know, like, and trust you is to be able to see you. And because so many people are accessing the platform on their mobile devices, it's really important that it be a headshot because I want to be able to see you visibly, uh, uh, you know, the, a recent preferably picture of you. And again, Mac, I feel like I can tell you this because it's you and I, like if your LinkedIn profile had you with a full head of hair, And then I meet you and I'm going to be like, wait, where's, where's the Mac that's on LinkedIn? Is this high school Mac? Is this college, college graduate pre-hair, pre-baldness Mac? And so again, it needs to be a recent depiction of you, not, you know, you're you from your glory days, because that's the picture you love of yourself. So it needs to be a relatively recent picture of you. And I would encourage people to, as your look changes, change your picture. That's not to say that you should be changing it daily, weekly, or even annually. But if your look significantly changes and it's not a current visual representation of yourself, we'll update your picture. I think that's great advice. And uh, I, I know there's some people that probably say, well, I don't want my photo up there because you know I, it's, I don't like giving out my information. I guess my response would be then you, maybe you don't belong on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, maybe you're not ready for it then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one last question for you, Kelly. Uh, Most of the listeners on this podcast are overwhelmed, overworked, overstressed, and often underappreciated HR professionals. And they're probably saying right now, okay, I've listened to this in my car on my way to work. I don't really have time to get on LinkedIn. So what are your pieces of advice for them? How can they maximize the use of this really awesome tool when they don't have a whole lot of time? That's a great question. And I think we all have very little time to spend on LinkedIn or any social media platform for that matter. I would say first you want to invest the time to just build a really strong profile and that will take some time. But the nice thing is, is once your profile, once you build your brand, you kind of set it and forget it. You're only updating your profile when you, um, you know, when you're assuming new credentials, for example, or maybe you're changing a job and those tweaks shouldn't take that long. And so by and large, you want to focus perhaps 10 to 15 minutes a day tops 
in scrolling your newsfeed. So look to see what's going on inside of your LinkedIn profile. But presupposing your profile is built in such a way where you've maximized the search engine. So you're only seeing news and information relevant to the space, whether it's, you know, HR related news or um, work workforce development related news. Once you've identified those keywords and you're only following that type of content, it's really going to um, compress the amount of content that you're receiving. But I would say scroll through your newsfeed really quickly. And, and if you find that you get easily distracted, set a timer on your, your mobile device. Maybe it's 60 or 90 seconds, you're just going to scan through because that gives you an opportunity to like or comment or share content that you see that your network is sharing. And the reason why you want to do that is because you want to show people that you're in the space, that you see what they're doing, you're celebrating their successes, or you're co-signing on, you know, sort of what some things that are trending inside of your your industry. So you want to take a few minutes and do that today. You're also going to want to look to see, well, who's reached out to you? So go into the My Network um, icon at the top of your profile and just look to see who's reaching out to you, who's trying to connect with you and, and clear out that, that cue, you know, accept connections that make sense and maybe ignore or decline the ones where you're like, I have no idea who this person is. And you're also going to want to, after you accept those connections, particularly for the people that you don't know, is establish a cadence where you're going to say, hey, you know, hey, Mac, thanks for reaching out. I would love to just schedule a quick five minute call with you to learn more about who you are and explore ways that we might be able to help one another. So you want to carve out a little bit of time to engage in those conversations, those thoughtful conversations based on the people who you perceive from their profile share similar values or workspace um, with you. And then, of course, you're going to want to look at your notifications. So that notifications are icon at the top of your profile. Just scan through and look to see what's going on inside of your network, who's perhaps responding or who's liked or commented or shared content that you've provided inside of your profile. And so there's certain things that you're going to want to do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly in, in order to stay in touch with your LinkedIn network. But there are thoughtful approaches where you should not be spending more than 10 to 15 minutes a day tops just doing some of these things. I think that's great advice. And, you know, one thing that we've learned, too, is the time to reach out to a network is not when you just lost your job. You want to be building this before you get to that point. Absolutely. Great advice. Well, Kelly, we appreciate you coming on and spending time with us this morning. How, how can my network, maybe even aside from LinkedIn, reach out to you to connect or to actually engage you in working on a project for them? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for inviting me into that opportunity to share that information. Certainly, they can feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So I'm Kelly Taylor Leonard on LinkedIn. Please make sure if you do reach out to just send a personal note and let me know that you heard me on Mac's um, podcast because I'll be more responsive then. Um, you can certainly visit our website. So my website is kellytleonard.com. Again, kellytleonard.com. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, but yeah, feel free to follow me on any of those social media networks and just reach out directly. I would, I'm always excited to connect with new folks and just explore ways that I might be able to help them and vice versa. And you have a podcast as well, too, don't you? I do. I do. It's called The Boost Podcast. So it's all things Boost related. Okay. Well, this is great. All right. So if you're listening to this, zero excuses. Get busy. Get out there. Get your LinkedIn house in order. Kelly, thank you so much for spending your time with us this morning. We really appreciate it. 
Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for all that you do, Mac. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the important transition to management. This podcast is just one resource we have. If you check out our website at greatbosstools.com, you can view some other resources we have there. We'd love to have you as part of our courses. If you're listening to this podcast on any podcast app, we'd also appreciate you taking a few moments to give us a review. Positive, of course, it really helps us out. So with that, take care and get out there and make it your goal to be the absolute best boss ever. (laughs) 